Hey there, people-powered business community. Are you ready to transform the way you handle difficult conversations in your business? If so, I'd love you to join me for the Mastering Difficult Conversations workshop that I'm running next week. In just three interactive online sessions on the 18th, 20th and 22nd of March, you'll discover your unique leadership style, you'll master the art of impactful communication by learning the translation code, and you will build your personalized difficult conversations framework. Imagine tackling tricky team talks with confidence and ease, all for the special price for you listeners of just $47. But hurry, spots limited to ensure that we have an engaging experience for everyone. It's time to go from overwhelmed to empowered and lead your business with confidence. Just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash workshop to secure your seat now. Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Well, hello, Christy Lee here, and welcome to episode number 65 of the People Powered Business Podcast. How are you? I hope you're well. I hope you're having a fabulous, fabulous day. At the time that I'm recording this for you, it is the beginning of winter, and it's a beautiful, crisp winter's day, but I am not a fan of the cold weather. I think I've shared with you here on the podcast before, I very much am an enjoyer of the warm weather, so this is probably not my favorite time of year, so I'll I'll hibernate away for a little while until it gets warm again, but it is a glorious, glorious day. I've had some great weather, which has been lovely. Now, I hope you are having a fabulous week. Welcome back. It's great to have you here and and to our new listeners, welcome. It's great to have you here on the podcast and you'll get new episodes from us each and every Wednesday. So click subscribe if you enjoy what you're listening to, to make sure that you get the latest episode each and every week. And in fact, If you're listening to an episode that you really enjoy and you think someone else might enjoy as well, just share it with them. Just let them know, hey, I heard this great podcast episode and I think you should take a listen and that shares the love. I would totally appreciate that. So let's dive into today's episode. Today we're talking about something that I talk about, I feel like all the time in my consulting world. Um, It's something I am often chatting to not only my consulting clients about, but also our members inside your people-powered business. And it's a concept that I just see show up so often. And to be honest, it's one of the key points of frustration that I see with business owners who are experiencing a challenge with one of their team members that they're not quite sure. They can't quite, I guess, put their finger on exactly what's going on, but things are just not quite right. And this person might be exhibiting some behavior that's a bit frustrating, um, that isn't, uh, I guess, exhibiting those characteristics of great team players, but they're not doing anything necessarily fundamentally wrong in relation to their performance, but things are just not right. And it causes a lot of frustration because it's not so obvious that you can sometimes directly performance manage this situation, but it causes enough frustration that I know many business owners have lost sleep at night over 
this particular challenge and it just turns up in some weird and wonderful ways that until we know what we're looking for, it's really, really hard to see. And it's something that I noticed back when I had a large team that when you're in the thick of it, it's not always easy to spot on your own, but from an external perspective, when someone comes to me and says, this is the challenge, I can spot it straight away. And it's always the case, isn't it? We're, when we're in the midst of it with our own businesses, it's hard to see sometimes the clarity of what's actually going on. But when we're looking at someone else's businesses, um, whether we're assisting them or just observing, sometimes things are really clear to us as outsiders. So today we're chatting about this framework of mm, behavior, uh, approach to work, attitude called above the line and below the line behavior or thinking or performance. There's a whole different, you know, range of ways you can put it. It's a concept that's been around, you know, a long time now. I actually don't know where the original concept came from. I know uh, Carolyn Taylor wrote a book called Walking the Talk, and she really unpacked this framework a lot within that book. But she credits um, Robert Kiyosaki, who of course wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, amongst other things, as where she got the original framework from. Now, whether he kind of coined it as, as this exact term, he was obviously referring to something very, very similar. And it's, it's something that I became aware of I want to say 10 plus years ago, and I've, I'd heard about, I'd read about it, you know, in, in leadership books, and I'd read about it, you know, uh, probably on a blog or something like that. But then I started working with some businesses that had really embraced this framework as part of their vocabulary in their workplaces, and I found it really interesting. So I was observing and just seeing how they were putting it into motion in their workplace and also the impact of having this framework as part of their workplace culture, as part of it, their vocabulary was having on their team. And I was looking at businesses who really weren't across this framework and were having these struggles. And it was really, it was really interesting for me to just observe the difference between those that were sort of applying this, particularly as part of their culture, and those where this was an entirely new concept. So I really started just being able to see what was missing in that process. And like I said earlier, I get calls or inquiries. I would say no less than once a month, I will get a call or an inquiry or a question in, inside the membership that is relating to a problem with a staff member that immediately I can identify as a below the line staff member issue. So it's common. We have these people in our businesses where no matter how great we are at recruiting and managing and leading at some point or another, we will be dealing with an employee who is below the line. So what do I mean by that? Let's let's take a step back. What is this framework that I'm talking about? Basically, if you can imagine, and this is a great exercise to actually to do with your team as well in terms of introducing them to the language and the, and the concept. Basically, you take a piece of paper and you put a big line straight through the middle, a horizontal line. Uh, so you've got the top of the page and the, and the bottom of the page effectively. And that line is the line we're referring to, above or below the line. You hear about you know, above the fold with, you know, marketing and advertising and newspapers and websites, a similar kind of thing. Are you above the line or are you below the line? And what what's the difference between the two? Essentially, if you're someone that's operating above the line, you are an open and positive person. You take ownership, responsibility and accountability for the work you do and the team that you are a part of. Where our below the line people, those that are operating below the line, 
they tend to be our more negative people. They are constantly in denial. They have an excuse for absolutely everything and anything. And everything is someone else's fault. Is this sounding familiar to you? (laughs) Can you picture an employee you've got now or or have had in the past who was exhibiting these things um, and you were frustrated and, you know, you weren't sure what to do with them? That's our below-the-line people. And it's that simple to draw the difference between the two. So let's dive a little deeper into what makes an above-the-line employee. What are we looking at in terms of characteristics and behaviors? And this applies, guys, to us as leaders as well. We all should be above the line, obviously, but we all may slip from time to time and be behaving in a way that is below the line. And the more self-aware we are, and the more we're conscious of this framework, it really helps to put things into perspective and to be able to almost say to ourselves, hold on, I'm not acting above the line here. I'm, I'm acting as a below the line individual. And we can easily as leaders and as smart business people can make the required changes. This is tougher for our staff though. So above the line behavior, what are we looking at here? Like I said, these are our more positive people. They're typically open-minded and curious. They're open to opportunities. They're open to ideas. They're open to new ways of doing things. And they're curious. They ask great questions. These are often our really engaged employees. They've got an investment in the success of the project, the task they're working on, the business as a whole, whether it's a micro level task or whether it's the success of a project they're working on, they're invested in the success of that project, but they are not expecting to do all of that project themselves. They are invested in the whole team approach to that particular project. And these people really do take accountability and responsibility. They take ownership for not only their role, but importantly, they do take ownership of their tasks and their role and what's expected of them. But they also take ownership in the success of the bigger picture, the broader project, the business as a whole. They take ownership in their role in that and also in it happening altogether. So they really do accept accountability and responsibility. They often, you know, will even take, I guess, um, responsibility for things that are totally outside of their control. So something that might happen that is not in their remit or in their control or, you know, their fault in any way, they'll look for ways that they can help improve the situation. Can they help out that other team member to help them get a job done? Can they come up with an idea that's going to help fix the problem? They will problem solve. They will be open and curious about how they can take accountability and responsibility for how things go. I often find people above the line will also very quickly accept blame. So they'll almost say, oh, I had a hand in that and and accept blame, even if it's not 100% their fault. They're willing to put their hand up and and apologize and take ownership for their part in things when things don't go right. Because let's face it, things don't go right quite often in business. And they are always keen to see credit given to others. So they're the sort of person that someone would say, oh, that was, you know, you did a great job on that project. They will be the one to quickly turn around and say, I was only part of the process. I really, you know, appreciated the job Jane did. Or did you see the work that Bill did on that project? So they're quick to show credit to other people and to the team as a whole, and they don't wear that credit on themselves, but they're more than happy to take blame. It's really, really an interesting dynamic. They love to collaborate. They're great contributors to whatever's going on in the business, 
And I find these uh, these people are really, I guess, characterized by that sense of positivity, by that sense of ownership and accountability, and that sense of being ready to be part of a bigger solution. They don't want to take the glory. They don't want to do it all themselves. They want to be part of the bigger solution. They're not looking for credit all the time. They're looking for how they can contribute to the success. So like I said, these are our more positive people. These are the people that will go the extra mile when you need them to. These are the people that you will notice are just more invested at a at a emotional level in whatever's going on in the business and not just turning up to do their job and leaving and that's that. So that's how above the line people. So how do we figure out who our below the line people are? Well, they're pretty much obviously the exact opposite. I always say that below the line people are very quick to blame, shame and justify. It's always someone else's fault. They will always point someone else out who had a hand in things not going to plan. And they will always justify and find excuses for why things didn't go right. And it's never, ever about them. It's always the fault of someone else or something else or something outside of their control. They are always looking to put blame externally to themselves. They also want to take credit at the slightest chance. (laughs) So they are hogs for the whole glory thing. They want credit for basically showing up to work sometimes or just doing their job. They want that limelight. These people see nothing as ever being their fault. So in the workplace, they can come across as kind of slippery in that sense. Everything is external to them. They never take ownership or accountability or accept responsibility for their contribution, but also to the outcome. Even if their contribution has been solid, if the outcome was not uh, as expected or what people were searching for, that won't be their fault. They'll be quick to point the finger at someone else. They're obviously really a lot more negative to have around the workplace. They they can be draining, to be honest. And I've seen that show up in workplaces a lot where I'll be talking to a client and they're just, I'm exhausted of dealing with this person because they suck the life and the energy out of you. They're, they're quite hard work to manage in that sense. And of course, they're closed-minded. They don't want to hear about opportunities or progression or different ways of doing things. They're, you know, um, change-resistant they put up barriers and uh, just, they're just difficult to be to be fair. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, uh-oh, I've got me a below-the-line person, you might be wondering how you get them above the line. And it's, it's an excellent question. And if I'm really honest, I'm not convinced it's possible for all people. Making change about how we, and when I say we, this is us and our employees, operate in terms of how we show up at work and how we contribute at work, that change can only come from within us. So whilst it's easy for us as leaders and business owners to check ourselves, to have enough self-awareness, to realize when we're perhaps not operating from the best place and make that change, for, for an employee a staff member, one of your team to make that change, they really have to be very, very self-aware. And that's not always easy for some people. And in fact, our below-the-line people are often not particularly self-aware and they're not interested in being self-aware. They've often got this armor up. Quite often they're operating from a place of fear. Now, we won't see that necessarily, but they're often put on this big bravado and this front 
of confidence and arrogance, sometimes even bossiness, because deep down they've got a fear that they they know they don't know what they're doing or they don't want to be called out for doing the wrong thing or, you know, it could come from any number of places. So I'm going to dive in a little bit into that in a moment. But aside from understanding those kind of things we see from our above and below the line people, what else can we be looking out for? I think one of the key cues if you're looking out for who's above and who's below the line in your business is listen to their language. So our above the line people will be asking great questions. They'll be interested in the what, the how, the when, all the why even, all of those things. They'll be asking lots of great questions. Where our below the line people, you're going to get a lot of no's, buts, can'ts, won'ts, shouldn'ts, never, those kind of, so it's, it's positive versus negative language. It's open-minded versus closed-minded. And sometimes that language itself will give you a whole lot of insight into where this person is operating from. Also read the energy. Positive people have a different energy in the workplace than negative people. People who are taking responsibility and accountability and who are engaged have a very different vibe about them. And you can sometimes really read the energy in the room if you tune into it. And it's not something that's sometimes easy to do when we're like, running around like, you know, chooks with our heads cut off and we're juggling all the plates as business owners. I get it. But sometimes just being silent and still and reading the energy can be very, very powerful. The other thing is if you've got a problem with a staff member that you can't quite put your finger on, it's not that they're not doing their job. It's not that they're being overtly difficult, but something's not quite right. Chances are they're probably operating below the line. So there's some things to watch out for. And I think those really simple things of language and energy can be so powerful in helping us understand our people better. So back to whether we can jump from above the line. Is is it like hopscotch? Can we go above and below? And I think, again, this comes back to the self-awareness piece. I think we as leaders and business owners, of course we can. We should be operating above the line all the time. But if we catch ourselves slipping, because let's face it, we all have bad days, right? We all have days where we feel a little defeatist, where we think, oh, it's just not possible. And we'll start operating from that below the line mindset. And we can catch ourselves and we can pull ourselves back above the line. But pulling an employee above the line is a whole other ballgame. They have to want to make that change. And for them to want to make that change, they have to be self-aware enough to realize that that change needs to happen. Is it possible with coaching and with guidance and with mentorship? Sure, sometimes. But I don't think it's always possible because they have to be open to the change themselves. So as a leader, what can you do if you've got this below the line person? And I think the first thing to do is to try and identify it early. If you can pick it up at interview, fabulous, not always easy, but otherwise pick it up early in the workplace. Pick it up if you see a change of behavior. Perhaps they have been above the line, but they're slipping. That's an engagement issue. You might be able to pick that up and re-engage them and bring them back across the line. Provide that coaching, that guidance, that mentorship. Try and get them that self-awareness that they need. And seek first to understand, as Stephen Covey says. If we know what's going on with them, we're going to be able to better communicate and empathize, and that might help us to get them in the place that they need to be to want to make this change. Aside from that, if you're dealing with one of these people, I really encourage you to set some very clear boundaries. 
some clear, measurable and tangible objectives that you're expecting to see and make these both values driven in terms of this is how we do things around here, but also obviously practically task driven as well. And once you've set these boundaries, once you've set these objectives, the tough part is sometimes to uphold them. And that means having tough conversations and opening the floor to difficult conversations at work and being prepared to get into those conversations and to communicate what's going on and what you're seeing from that person because they can bring the team down with them and they can truly frustrate their teammates. It can be so, I want to say annoying, I probably should think of a more articulate word, but it can be so annoying for the team members who are all operating above the line to be what they will feel like carrying the load for our below the line people. So they can really create havoc with your engagement. They can cause this, you know, uh, resentment amongst teammates. So they can really have a quite a negative effect. So it isn't something you want to let slide. And like I was sharing earlier, I have businesses who I know, who I've worked with, who make this part of their culture and their vocabulary. And I think this is brilliant because do you know what? If a peer pulls someone up on something, it is far more impactful and valuable than their manager pulling them up on something. And this is especially true for below the line people because it'll be just like, oh, my manager's just being a pain and they're just so hard on me. Where when one of the peers says, hey, you're being below the line, get yourself above the line, It is so much more powerful because we care what people like us think and our peers are the people at work who are often like us. They're in the same positions. They're there as an employee, not as a a boss or a leader. So what they say matters and it often matters to people more than what we as the leader or the manager say. So get this as part of your vocabulary. Introduce the concept in your team meetings and have your team be confident have an environment that is trust-based enough for them to feel safe to call others out on it in the most positive and respectful way in order to bring people above the line. And people who are good at this will take accountability for this and they will call themselves out as much as they will call others out. But it can be, I've seen it work as a super powerful tool in businesses that have incorporated this into their vocabulary, their lingo. I've seen businesses actually have it on the wall in one of their back offices where they have the team meeting. So it's a visual representation that's there all the time. And they've got words that they've put together to represent what below the line and up the, above the line means for them. So it's so easy for the employees to engage in that structure and that framework. As I said, this is something that I see presented all the time. So if you are having this struggle or have had this struggle, you are not alone. And in fact, it's so, so common. So don't beat yourself up. It's so much easier to see this as an external party than it is when you're in your own business. I've had team members that have been below the line and I couldn't see it because I was in the thick of it day to day. So just trust your intuition, get the process in place and use this framework. It can be really handy to get people to see why what they're doing is not okay in your business. And it can help you really, you know, create a great framework for managing your team. I hope you've enjoyed that chat today. It's something I can't believe I haven't actually discussed here on the podcast before because I talk about it all the time. So I hope that's been really useful. If you've enjoyed that conversation and you want to connect with other business owners who are having similar conversations about their team, 
I would love for you to join us over on our free Facebook group, HR Support for Australian Businesses. If you go over to Facebook groups and just type in HR Support for Australian Businesses, it will come up. Um, But the other option is just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com, click on episode number 65, which today is today's episode. All the show notes will be there, as will be a link to that Facebook group. So I'd love to connect with you there as well. Now that is it for today's episode. Thank you again for joining me. I truly, truly appreciate your time and I can't wait to join you next week for episode 66 of the People Powered Business Podcast. 